to be aware of spoilers. I am Adam now. If you've listened to the show before, you've heard my griping about the fact that my usual movie theater has been uh, under renovation. Um, they, uh, I think they're adding in new, new seating and new IMAX laser ca- or new laser cameras into most of the th- screens. Um, we're in like month two or three of this at this point. Um, I think it started around the time Multiversal Madness came out. Um, no, because I saw Multiversal Madness in, in IMAX. Um, either way, it's been, it's been a while. We've been at this for a while. And there has been very little leeway, except for the fact that additional theaters have closed and continue to run a big theater. Um, that's, that, you know, the, the whole theater as a whole. Now, what that means for me is that because this usual 17-screen theater is down to five screens or six screens, um, they're only showing the big ones. And I'm not faulting them for that. It's the same thing where it's like, if I go to, like, there's a nine-screen theater reasonably near me, there's a, uh, that's not the, you know, that's not one I usually go to, but there's one of those, there's a six, there's a four, we have a few of those small ones around here. But that was a big one that was close to me and on my way home. Um, and there's another theater that has 16 screens that's not too far from me. That's where I went today. Um, and holy fuck, AMC needs to step their game up. Like, this theater is gorgeous. Um, like, the only reason I wouldn't go there more is because AMC has A-list. And if AMC didn't have A-list, I definitely would not be going... Like, if that was the case, I would definitely not be going to, uh, what's it called, to, uh, to, to AMC. Um, and either way, it's like, look, the Regal that I used to go to only had nine screens, and you can get most of the new releases, but whatever. Um, like, next week when I do, um, Dragon Ball Super, uh, Superhero, I'll be going to, um, the Regal, because they're, they're playing it there. And when I see Clerks 3, I'm going to be going to the same theater I was at today because that's where I'm playing Clerks 3 because my theater has five screens and one of them is going to be playing Life Touch. Where I found that dumbass movie from Kirk Cameron is. Um, so good for them. They made that bold choice correctly. Um, but today I saw Emily the Criminal, um, which premiered at Sundance. It's Audrey Plaza, uh, or Audrey Plaza, um, who, um, most people probably know as, um, what's her name, uh, April, uh, Parks and Recreation, although she is a little bit of an indie darling, too, she's done a lot of, uh, a lot of independent films, um, Safety Not Guaranteed, um, comes to mind immediately, and then she did a few other comedies, like Mike and Dave Wedding Dates, and, uh, Dirty Grandpa or Bad Grandpa, one of those, that wasn't the Jackass movie, she did, too, um, but she's done some some more serious work besides just um, what's it called? Besides just you know Parks and Recreation, and we get to see her really go for the dramatic and nuance. Now, what Emily the Criminal is is it is a you know it's a work about um, how do I put this? It's about what leads someone to I want to say radicalization because radicalization implies attacking an institution, um, but 
it's about the circumstances that lead to a person making the decisions that we um, that we ultimately, you know, the, the criminal acts. I mean, let's not beat around the bush here. Now, the shooter's also closer, I'm finding, based on how long it takes me to actually drive home from it. Um, it you have this girl, and we open the movie with her in an interview, um, and she is, you know, she's on, and they're asking her about her criminal background, and she talks about the DUI she got when she was in college, and then they spring on her, oh no, we already ran the background check, and wanted to, and she's like, well, why would you lie to me there, except like these mind games, and she gets up and leaves. It's this idea that, you know, I'm not going to work for a company that will play these mind games, um, with me when they're during the hiring process because they're going to do that to me now and they're trying to get me to work for them they're probably going to do it in the future but you know they do that um, then she goes and she's working a job at like a um, uh, it's like a catering company um, that people order food from and she delivers it uh, and, and that's her oh the Burger King See, that's always really awkward when the Burger King... Like, the American flag is down, but the Burger King flag is still up, but the Burger King flag is at half-mast. Um, it's just kind of awkward. Um, and I'm looking at, like, you know... You, when you watch the movie, you're like, okay, so here's the story of how this girl initially falls down the rabbit hole and then becomes completely involved as her own kind of, you know, organized crime like, syndicate, for lack of a better word, um, and I think that it's kind of like, the thing that immediately came to mind while I was watching it was Breaking Bad, and I know people out there who are huge Breaking Bad fans will probably be like, you're an asshole, you're an idiot, yada, 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 but it's a very similar thing, in so much as Breaking Bad and Emily the Criminal are both profoundly American stories. These stories can't take place elsewhere, um, because, I'm not talking about the crime. Crime is, you know, multinational. I'm talking about the fact that you have this character who, um, what's going for here, is, you know, at the end of her rope because of institutions that are in, in place in this country. Like, in Breaking Bad, like, Breaking Bad doesn't happen if Walter White lives in Canada or lives in Europe. Or any basically anywhere else in the developed world. Like if he if he lives anywhere else, it's he doesn't need to sell drugs to afford his cancer treatment. It's he can just go and get his cancer treatment and not have to worry about it. Here, she's so indebted in student loans, and I think that they they beat that a little too hard for my taste. As someone with a lot of student loan debt, I feel like a lot of like that part of the story is in the very beginning kind of beaten a lot and, 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 and very ham-fistedly. And then as you get past that, it kind of is completely forgotten, which is part of the story. And it's kind of, kind of part of the story of Breaking Bad too, um, where you get these characters who are, they are at their core, you know, at, like, you know, when they start, they are good people who are doing some, doing a bad thing for a good reason that they, or they perceive to be a good reason. And they're able to justify it with the mental gymnastics in their heads about why they're doing it and how they're doing it and all of that. But at the end of the day, it's all about what is she, why is she doing it and all of that. And, 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 all of that. and, and as we see her, her fall down and be like, you know, I'm going to continue to 
more and more and more because the money's good, the money's not terribly difficult, um, and it's paying more than the other thing. And we see her get, you know, shit on in other aspects of her life. Like, you know, anytime she attempts to do something else, you know, it's, it's immediately beaten down. Like, we see her at one point, like, her catering job, she left early, um, and the guy's like, you're an independent contractor. I'm gonna cut your hours. Tough shit. Um, and then in, what's it called? In, uh, like, toward the end of the movie, which is kind of right before the big climactic, not action sequence, but the climax of the movie, um, she goes on an interview to, for something in her field. And while she's in the interview, she is, you know, it's like, oh, it's an internship. It's not paid for six months. You gotta work nine to five for six months. And it's like, and she's like, I, how are you comfortable asking someone to work without pay for six months? And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, when it's laid out that clearly, you're like, oh, this is just exploitative. And I think to an extent, that's where I feel like a lot of people, probably not listeners of this show, but people who will read my, my review of the Sit Down Chronicle will probably bump into this a little bit. Because I, I, I feel like people are going to see this as whiny millennial entitlement, but it is a valid issue for for careers in the, for, for jobs in these career paths, where it's like, if you don't have the, you know, the, the support system in place to be able to do that, then... They sent an entire public works truck over a dead raccoon. Um, and if you don't have these support systems in place, you can't afford to get the entry-level job. Because, like, the entry-level job that she was going for was an internship that you weren't going to get paid to do. So it's just these things where it's like, you can see she wants to get out at points in the movie, and she's working to try and get out. Like, she does not see what she's doing as a long-term viable career path. That's not what she's there for. She's not there to build the criminal enterprise. She's not there to, to do that long term. It's This is temporary. This is temporary for me to do X, Y, and Z. And then as things progressively don't get better, and things continue to fail her along the way, the same for Walter White, as things continue to fail, these two characters continue to fall into these continued continue, and worsening criminal conditions. Um, and it's just a, a really interesting story about how how the the uh, people who are what's it called how people who are um, what's it called who are, who are uh, dealing with incarceration uh, being formally being incarcerated or dealing with the job market how people have to deal with um, what's it called how people who you know need who who got into the cycle of student debt with you know where where it's like hear her talk about, like, okay, so I paid 400 but why was that, that not applied to my principal? And I feel like that conversation was something that I had a problem with, and I'm like, you know this at this point. So if you're paying student loans for this long, you, you know at this point that that's the case. Um, uh, it's a... It's an interesting... Oh, that's, didn't she play Vixen? No, whatever. Um, Megalyn... I think that that was the one who put Vixen in the animated thing on the CW and then also on Arrow in one episode. Um, the later friend. Um, 
it's an it's an interesting look at all of that. Um, I would recommend seeing this movie if you can see it in the theater. You're probably gonna go to a bigger theater, as I've said to start out the show. You're gonna go to a bigger theater to see it, but you know, it is a interesting kind of uh, it's, it's an interesting look. And, and while at times it may seem ham-fisted, and at times when we get into these more um, soapboxy aspects of the show of the movie. Um, it feels very much like, um, what's her name, uh, Aubrey Plaza is kind of serving as a mouthpiece for the writer, um, to, in a way that, I don't want to say uncharacteristic of her, um, but we see her be outspoken throughout the movie, but like, it just kind of, especially when we're first introduced to her and, and she's immediately railing against the, the guy lied to her in an interview, but it's like, alright, like, that, if that, that's gonna be the thing that's gonna introduce people, I feel like, for a streaming, when it goes to streaming, that's gonna be a bit of an issue, but for a movie theater where, once you're seated in the theater, they have your money, it's not a big an issue, but for something like a streaming, you know, thing, when, when it doesn't ever really go to streaming, that's gonna be the point where people are like, oh, I'm not watching this, because it, 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 it feels very preachy out of that game. Um, and then the same thing happens later on in the movie during the interview for the design company where she talks where it's like, what I said earlier where she's talking about, you know, not being paid to do the work. Um, and how, how could the boss be comfortable doing that? Um, but in all, it's a very worthwhile movie to watch. I would highly recommend it. And it is currently in theaters. Um, and, and, and the aspects of her learning and getting her footing in the in the world of, you know, this organized credit card fraud is very interesting. Um, and I, I have one problem. I know I don't have a problem because everything that everything that he warns her not to do that she does anyway, all comes back to bite her in the ass. Um and, and I like the ending is great. I mean, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but the ending is great. Uh, the whole movie is worth, you know, a watch if you uh, want me to talk about the whole movie, not just the end. But uh, check the movie out. Um, it's worth going to the theater to see. Uh, especially if you go to a nice theater like the one I was in. Like, motherfucker, every screen at this theater I was at has reclining seats. Like, the one I usually go to is only the one, the only screens that have reclining seats are, well, no, there's only one screen. It's only the Dolby. Everything else is, uh, what's it called? Different. But, uh, but yeah, but we'll wrap up there for today. Um, our next episode will be Harley Quinn. We'll go tomorrow morning. Um, to catch up on Harley Quinn. So, until then, have a great rest of your week.